You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Anything can happen when the Chicago Bears play the Green Bay Packers. But this week, it feels like it's either going to be a disaster for Matt Nagy and company, or somehow Justin Fields is able to pull off something miraculous in his return from injury. Doesn't feel like there's that much in between. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. All of our video podcasts coming your way. Today's episode brought to you by our new friends at On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. On the show today, we're putting together a game plan for your Chicago Bears to take on the Green Bay Packers. Certainly no magic formula for how to beat them, but some things to try, some weaknesses to find in both sides of the ball for Green Bay. Some areas of concern that we're going to want to pay particular close attention to to try and limit what the Packers may want to do. And then we'll wrap up with the key matchups on both sides of the ball that are really going to decide this outcome either way, where the Bears could find an advantage and certainly where the Packers could find some advantages that the Bears need to minimize. But we need to start, as always, I think, with Aaron Rodgers. That's where all of these discussions start with the Green Bay Packers. And again, like teams have not figured out ways to stop Aaron Rodgers. Even an injured Aaron Rodgers is putting up 300 yards a game with this toe injury. And I think that's probably like <laughs> number one. Like, if you want to come up with a way to, to, in, to stop Aaron Rodgers, step on his toe. You know what I mean? Like, I don't try to, like, I don't want to ever wish, like, intentionally injure someone. No, but like, we can joke about, like, you know, you're, you're coming up for the sack after the play and maybe you accidentally step on his foot and it hurts a little bit and slows him down. I mean, I, you know, it's. Crazier things have happened, and certainly the Bears might need a little extra help in some way, shape, or form. But again, you know, you, you want to beat Aaron Rodgers fair and square, certainly, first and foremost. I mean, there's, there's also, I'm sure, a, a vaccine joke there to try and beat Aaron Rodgers as well. But, you know, really, really, I like you know I do like to stick with, you know, like real football analysis and not just joking all the time. And so, like, you know, when I look at this Packers offense as a whole, right, you're not going to necessarily slow down Aaron Rodgers, per se. You may slow him down, but you're not going to stop him. But really, like we kind of talked about in the first Bears-Packers matchup, so much of this Green Bay offense flows through Devontae Adams. Like, he is, I mean, obviously he's their leading receiver, and we know him to be an elite NFL wide receiver, but it's drastic just how much of their offense is him. Like, he's got, like, a little over 1,000 yards already through 11 games. And their next leading receiver has, like, 375. I mean, like, he's, like, almost triple their second leading receiver is Devontae Adams in terms of production. And same in catches. He's got, like, 80-some-odd catches in the next one. It's Randall Cobb, I think, is their second leading receiver, and he's got, like, 30-something catches. And now Cobb, he's likely to miss this game. He's expected to fully miss this game and, and maybe games after this as he's dealing with an injury. And so, like, that's where... That's where a big part of my game plan is. It's like we know Devontae Adams is very good and is everything the Packers want to do with their passing game. Double team him on every single play 
a safety over top, specifically focused on Devontae Adams. And then, of course, an underneath defender, specifically focused on Devontae Adams. That doesn't mean it's man coverage per se, but it's every single player on your defense in your secondary being aware of where Adams is and sort of, you know, shifting or slanting your coverage a little bit more in that way. So if I'm in the slot, you know, I'm going to I'm going to hang on at even if I'm in an underneath zone, I'm going to hang with Adams a little bit farther and maybe leave my zone a little bit more before I pass him off to somebody else just to make sure there's that extra tight coverage on him no matter what. Or if I'm a, if if I have two deep safeties, whichever safety is on Adams half of the field, is going to stick with Devonta Adams, and the rest of the secondary has to know that. Hey, if you're on the same side of field but not covering Adams, you're not going to have that help. Like you just have to, you have to tell the Packers offense and dare them and say, you know what, beat us, beat me one on one individually with you know Marquez Valdez Scantling and Equinemius St. Brown and the rookie Amari Rogers and Al Nazard. Make those guys beat me. You know, if Aaron Rodgers can put up 300 yards passing for 300 yards to those guys and you hold Devontae Adams to, you know, 40 yards on a couple of catches, I can live with that, right? I mean, I can I can live, kudos to them for being able to beat you with, you know, backup quality NFL receivers across the board if you can at least shut down Devontae Adams. Because really, I mean, most teams try to do this. Maybe they're not always perfectly aggressive in double covering Devontae Adams, but like they try to take away Devontae Adams. Every defensive coordinator has, and you can see in his stat line how well that's worked. Right? It's, it's not easy to do. And even double teams, if you have, you know, limited players in the secondary like the Chicago Bears do, not a perfect strategy either. But again, I, at least I would rather, I would rather make them try and beat me somewhere else and not make it just easy enough for Adams to be great and let their great players just be great all over you, right? It feels like the Bears are going to need some kind of turnover or something extra here to help out their defense, whether it's kind of like Dalton last week where, you know, hits a receiver in the hands and then is picked off where it's not fully the quarterback's fault, even if the quarterback was inaccurate. The quarterback didn't throw the interception. He threw an accurate pass that was dropped and turned into an interception by the receiver. You know, something like that to get a pick off of Rodgers or, you know, uh, somebody fumbling after the catch. I think Randall Cobb did last week, but he's going to be out for this game. Or, or you know, a strip sack on, on Rodgers. He's not, not seeing it coming and hit it out of his hands. Something like that to get the Bears an extra possession and to shut down the Packers' offense an extra time to flip the game. It just feels like the Bears are going to need something along those lines if they're going to be able to pull off an upset against a a strong Packers team like this, while the Bears themselves, of course, have been struggling quite a bit. I I just don't think you're going to be able to straight-up one-on-one out-duel Aaron Rodgers. As much as we like Justin Fields and are encouraged about Justin Fields and think he can do great things, I mean, he's just not there at this stage of his rookie season, just coming off of an injury and now returning to face a really good Packers team. So uh, for me, it's all about trying to shut down Devontae Adams. I still think their running game is still going to be effective without Aaron Jones. I think, you know, don't sleep on A.J. Dillon. I think he's a legitimately good, strong, physical running back. Maybe not a breakaway threat in terms of speed, the same way that Jones can sometimes get a little juice going, but Dillon is really hard to bring down. He's big and strong and physical, and, and they're certainly not wanting to completely abandon that either. But again, still, Devontae Adams is... Threat and priority number one, I'm all focused on. And then trying to get some kind of turnover or something to give your offense a little bit of an extra chance. I think Justin Fields will be able to get some things going potentially. There are some vulnerabilities uh, in this Packers defense that I feel a little bit better about Fields attacking than I would have with Andy Dalton. We'll go through schematically where the Bears might be able to find an advantage and some of the things they can do to help Justin Fields in this matchup next on Locked On Bears. 
Today's episode of Lockdown Bears is brought to you by our friends at On Location. And I'll tell you what, Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, it's less than 100 days away, which, boy, that, that sneaks up on you. But, you know, the playoffs and stuff, it, it, go, it goes quickly. But On Location is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. And we're talking about the official hospitality partner of the NFL. This isn't some, you know back alley ticket scalper type thing. You know, this is a legitimate operation partnered with the league. They let you select your exact seats at the Super Bowl and choose from a, a variety of elite experiences, including an exclusive pregame celebration where you can meet and hang out with NFL legends, like actual legitimate NFL former stars. And of course, five-star LA hotels. They'll put you up in and food by the amazing Wolfgang Puck as well. It's, it's really a premium experience that you can't quite find anything else quite like this. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information. Or you can just search the words Super Bowl on location. But the website is onlocation and then the letters exp.com slash SB56, you know, Super Bowl 56, or you can just search the word Super Bowl on location. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. In some cases, tastes even better than some candy bars. They're called Built Bars, the world's best tasting protein bars. You've heard me talking about them here for a while. I eat one every single day. True story, real life. I've got a box of them up in my pantry. I have to kind of limit myself to eating just one a day because otherwise I would go through boxes of them way, way, way too fast because they taste delicious. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate. But most importantly, they're healthy. They are low sugar, low calories, high fiber, high protein. It's really the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. You can't find anything else quite like this in the protein market that tastes this good and is this good for you. Comes in a bunch of delicious flavors. I just saw they have an eggnog flavor out now that I am very excited to try, but I know you'll find something you love. Even if you're not an eggnog person, they've got tons of other ones. You'll find something, I promise. Head on over to built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at built.com. In terms of attacking this Packers defense, I'm very excited to see how Justin Fields handles this, facing the same defense for the second time now, for the first time in his career. It's the first game in which he will be playing a repeat opponent in the NFL in the same season. And I, I want to see, you know, what, what he learned from the first game. You know, it's, it's not that it's going to be the exact same game plan from Green Bay. They're going to throw different wrinkles in there and try and attack him in some different ways. But it is uh, pretty much the same personnel, not universally. They've made, a, you know, injuries and a couple little things here and there. But, like, he has studied these cornerbacks, these safeties, these linebackers before. And not that he's going to glean some glaring weakness that no one else has ever found before, but there's a familiarity there of like, okay, yeah, I remember. I know how this guy goes. So you can start to have a little bit more time to think a little bit more next level. You're not just trying to get up to speed with who this opponent is and who their tendencies are, but like, okay, now that I'm a little bit more familiar with them, how, does it come a little bit quicker to him on the field in the brain? Is he able to sort of think a little bit more next level about it? And also, you know, defensive coordinator Joe Barry comes from this Vic Fangio to Brandon Staley family tree of, of defenses, which is similar to what the Bears run, of course, and similar than to what Fields is used to practicing against. You know, they're not as they're not as concerned about loading up the box in run defense. And, you know, they play a lot of these two deep shell coverages like the Bears do. And we learned on yesterday's, or I guess it was 
Wednesday's crossover podcast. We did a little out of order this week, but crossover with Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers. He talked about how the last couple of games for the Packers, they've allowed a few too many big plays on the back end. It happened a lot against Minnesota that led to the Packers losing, and it happened a few times against the Rams that helped the Rams make that game maybe a little bit closer than it should have been on the scoreboard, all things considered. But mistakes mainly by Packers cornerbacks. We know the safeties are kind of a strength of their back end, but they've got a rookie on at one starting cornerback spot. There's some weaknesses elsewhere, and Rasul Douglas, the veteran, is kind of coming around a little bit more. Had a big pick six of Matthew Stafford that is an, and pretty, a really strong game overall against the Rams, but he had been vulnerable prior to that, and I'm not sure that he's just turned some magical corner at this stage of his career. So, like, I think the Bears need to give Justin Fields some time in the pocket for these plays to develop downfield particularly off of play action. It's something we talk a lot about with Fields as, as being a strength of his and where he had a lot of success at Ohio State and where you, know, you can maximize his skill set more, giving him some of that extra time to throw. Easier said than done, but you, know, you leave in an extra blocker here and there, you move the pocket, you play action, you do some different things to kind of slow those pass rushers down. Then it becomes about your wide receivers you know, beating those cornerbacks in particular, winning those one-on-ones, making them make mistakes, whether it's a double move or certain route concepts that might confuse them, make them have to communicate and pass off routes, kind of like we saw the Bears defense struggle with early this season. Could be the return of Allen Robinson this week. He's been limited at practice so far, which I think is a step forward and could see him back on the field. Is he going to be 100%? Probably not. Uh, Marquise Goodwin went from limited practice to not participating, so probably not going to see him back. So, uh, puts a big circle on Darnell Mooney for me. You know, he need we need another big Darnell Mooney performance, hundred yards plus, make some of those big throws downfield, and and really continue to grow that connection with Fields that seems like it's been pretty strong. I still want to see the Bears go heavy on the running game. The Packers rank, I think, in the top ten in rushing yards total allowed, but in terms of yards per carry, they're a little bit more middle of the pack. I think it's just more a reflection of like teams have not run the ball that much on Green Bay because they've been losing to Green Bay a lot and needed to pass to get back into the game. But like we saw last week against the Cardinals, keep the ball to Aaron Rodgers' hand. Keep the ball to Kyler Murray's hands, although interceptions didn't help that play out well last week. But right, I want the Bears to have long time of possession drives with a heavy dose of David Montgomery in the running game because I think you can find some... Some, not, I don't want to say weakness is a strong word there, but some areas where the Bears might be able to find some advantage, you know, trying to run the ball against the interior defensive line of the Green Bay Packers. Of course, like Kenny Clark in the middle is is solid, but, you know, the other defensive linemen are not phenomenal. And, you know, they're, Devondre Campbell, linebacker, is very good, but the other linebacker, not so much. Seems like the edge guys are particularly stout, not only in the pass rush, you know, Smith and, and Rashawn Gary, but also in terms of holding down those edges in, in running game as well. So pounding it up the middle a little bit more, trying to be physical up there, I think is where the Bears running game could be, you know, <clears throat> could be in an advantageous position. I also wouldn't mind, and I'm trying to be careful about this, you know, like don't don't uh, don't drop your jaw or get get the pitchforks out right away. But I wouldn't mind more screen passes, and I, and I but but smart screen passes, right? We, I mean, we all get frustrated as hell when and this happened like three times against the Cardinals. It's third and nine, and they throw the wide receiver screen to Demir Bird, and it, you just want to pull your hair out. Like, what are we doing? Why are we? You, you're throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage to a backup wide receiver on third and long. You're waving the white flag basically and saying, "Screw it, we can't get anything." But I was looking through the numbers, and uh, Justin Fields has thrown the fourth fewest screen passes in terms of percentage of the rate of screen passes, how often a screen pass is called compared to other passes for him. He's near the bottom of the NFL in screens. And, you know, I, I like the idea of getting the ball to, say, David Montgomery 
on a screen pass, a little bit more than Demir Bird. Darnell Mooney, Jakeem Grant, you know, some of that speed I, I'm, I'm okay with in the right situations. You know, the Bears called one on second and four last week against the Cardinals. I'm fine with it there, right? If, if you call the screen on second and four and you gain a yard, you still have third and short, and you're okay. And, and that one picked up a first down, it gave him five or six yards, and, and I'm okay with it there. And, you know, I, I don't think the Bears have blocked wide receiver screens particularly well, and that's why it's been frustrating. They blocked it better last week against the Cardinals, but I think the running back screens where you're, you're asking offensive linemen to block the screens instead of wide receivers to block the screens is where I think the Bears could find a little bit more of an advantage, especially if you're able to get some deep shots there against that those two deep shelves and make the defense back up a little bit and then kind of hit them with the screen underneath it and create some space for David Montgomery. I, I like that as a, as a potential opportunity, especially, again, against cornerbacks in Green Bay that I don't think... I don't think they tackle particularly well. They're not like horrible tacklers compared to, you know, I mean, they're not, you know, but I just think that's a potential weak area. Make them step up and make some of those plays out in space. I, I like that. You know, I like that idea a little bit better. In terms of the tight ends, I would like to see Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham. In, in this game, they're probably more in the decoy type role. I mean, again, Devondre Campbell at linebackers played really, really well for Green Bay. Their safety's strength of that secondary. So, like, that middle of the field tends to be tough. So, I, at, at the very least, then, I want Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham to occupy them, attract them, you know, be a magnet to that coverage and run run right at them and create more space than on the outside for the receivers and take the attention of the safeties to the middle of the field. Go vertical with those tight ends, even if you're not going to really throw to them all that much, just to kind of absorb the good players in coverage so you can get better matchups against the lesser players in coverage. That's that, that's sort of the minimum I'm looking for from the tight ends in this game. And if they can win some of those matchups, get open and make some catches on top of that, that would be great too. But I don't see that as a matchup for the Bears that are, that's very worth attacking. But there are a few other matchups I think are going to be critical to deciding the outcome of this game. We'll go through the biggest ones and what this team needs to do to try and win in terms of attacking Green Bay and minimizing some of Chicago's own weaknesses next on Locked On Bears. Got a new sponsor helping us bring you Locked On Bears, our friends at Stance. They make some pretty cool apparel, some really cool socks, a bunch of different you know, shirts, joggers, hoodies, and they come in uh, of quite a variety of different like prints and forms. So they're actually like, they're really cool, they're really comfortable, and, and they're, they're just much higher quality than a lot of the other, you know, like you see a lot of these brands, like people just find some, some trendy brand that people bring up, but this is really something a little bit more special in terms of appearance, in terms of quality, in terms of comfort. I think they were founded in 2009, so they've been around a little while, right? They're not just some pop-up new thing, but they have proven quality, comfort, and creativity. It's kind of a, a unique mix. I mean, they've really got a, a lot of your favorite sort of like, like not brands or designs, you know, like they got Batman and Star Wars and The Office and some of those, like Disney, Marvel, some of those different licensing too. And it really is uh, kind of a, uh, one of those kind of cool things where you can, I don't want to say impress your friends, but just be, you know, it, it's, 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 it's cool and unique without being over-the-top flashy. And that, that's really kind of the sweet spot that I find myself in. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than just fitting right in. That those who feel good do good. So go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com. That's S-T-A-N-C-E. And get 15% off your first purchase when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout to apply. Enjoy the, the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. We've danced around some of the matchups, I think, that are going to be critical in this game, but I want to get into some of the individual players one-on-one. -on -one. When I think about this Bears offense on that Packers defense, the 
the the rookie quarterback Eric Stokes, I think he's played pretty well for a rookie, but but still will make rookie mistakes. But I'm more, I'm even more. I want to be more aggressive against the slot cornerback Chandon Sullivan. I think has been the bigger weakness, maybe the biggest weakness of this Packers secondary. And whether Allen Robinson is is back or not, I still think we, we have seen over the last few weeks without Robinson. Darnell Mooney has been playing more in the slot, and I'd like to see him in that most favorable matchup against the the worst of the Packers cornerbacks. The other guy who's been playing in the slot is Jakeem Grant, and I don't love Grant as much as like a downfield, you know, route running type of option to win that matchup. But still, I think Shannon Sullivan is as advantageous of a matchup as someone like Grant would get. So I think really it's probably Mooney versus Sullivan that I'm trying to isolate more and more. But when you do have Mooney on the outside and if it's Grant in there or if Robinson plays some slot and Bird has too, they, they've kind of done a rotating cast there. Absolutely want to attack that. I mean, they, they try and help that slot with the safeties and the linebackers quite a bit to try and minimize some of that. But again, if your tight ends can absorb some of that, that up the middle linebacker and safety coverage and you got receivers outside one-on-one, maybe the slot's on a little bit more of an island there too. That should be a place where the Bears' offense can can take advantage. But I'm very concerned about the interior of the of the Bears' offensive line against the interior of the Packers' defensive line, specifically one-on-one Kenny Clark versus Sam Mustafer, right? It's like Whitehair and Daniels at guard are, are playing great, and the other defensive linemen not named Kenny Clark are nothing to write home about. So that'll be fine. But the one-on-one of the center versus the nose tackle Clark is a concern for me. I think Mustafer is the, the clear weakness on this Bears offensive line, even I think more so than Larry Borum right now, just Borum's been playing pretty well, even as a rookie fifth round pick. And Kenny Clark, obviously the strength of that defensive line. I think Clark has been more effective as a pass rusher than a run defender this season. I think he's been getting more double teams and, and in terms of the running game, that's been blowing him off a little bit more and not being as disruptive in the running game, but pass rushing, he's still very quick for his size and it gives a lot of centers problems. And especially with Mustafa being, you know, a potential place of struggle, uh, I'm concerned about that pressure up the middle, especially with Justin Fields' rib injury, you know, taking those hits and trying to flush him out of the pocket from the middle. You know, it's one thing when it comes around the edges and you can kind of step up and step into a throw, but if, you, if you're if you going to be stepping up into Kenny Clark, that that could be a problem for the Bears with Sam Mustafer. So leaving in, you know, the running backs a little bit more to help out there as opposed to the tight ends kind of help more on the edges, running back more to help out in the middle of the field in terms of pass blocking and chipping and it's not like it's not easy to just like double team a nose tackle with a running back in a center but to be there is sort of that second line of of help from the blocking is what I would kind of look for with with Kenny Clark other side of the ball I mean it, we talked about it but Devontae Adams it's just kind of a gimme and I'll give you another one instead but like whether you're going to have Jalen Johnson shadow him which didn't go well when Jalen Johnson was shadowing other receivers earlier this season I don't love the idea I kind of like just you know what Jalen just Stay on your side and do what you do well over there, and let's not try and make you Darrell Revis in your second year. But I don't like Artie Burns one on one against Adams. I mean, or or whoever's going to be your slot your slot cornerback. If it's Xavier Crawford's kind of been what they're going with, but Marquis Christian or I guess Duke Shelley's not around. But like what, whoever's in the slot, if they move Adams in the slot, which they do like to do, that is a problem for the Bears, even with safety help over the top, because safety help hasn't always been great this season either. So, like, that's matchup number one is, is Devontae Adams. But but I think the Bears can find some room to attack this Packers offensive line at a couple of different spots. The rookie right guard Royce Newman, I think, is a guy we talked about last time heading into this matchup. But this time, Akeem Hicks, limited at practice, 
could maybe make his return to the Bears. Mario Edwards seems to be more likely to make his return to this Bears defensive line. And either of those guys matched up against Royce Newman at right guard should be a plus matchup for the Bears. And that's, again, getting pressure right in Aaron Rodgers' face with the, with the injured toe could be a good thing for uh, trying to get him out of the pocket. But then also the Packers' left tackle is uh, Joshua N- I've practiced this before I started recording the podcast, and I knew I'd stumble over it anyway. Uh, Yoswan Nijman, I believe. It's one of those top five hardest-to-pronounce names, and it's a backup offensive lineman starting at left tackle for the Packers because David Bakhtiari sounds like he's not going to be back yet, and, of course, Elton Jenkins is is out for them too. So kind of third-string left tackle versus Robert Quinn. That's where the the Bears need that strip sack, right? They need that difference-making play from the blind side to come around and get after Aaron Rodgers and make him uncomfortable. That's a good way to limit Devonta Adams if Rodgers just doesn't have time for him to get the ball to him deeper downfield because the offensive line is able to collapse. Big game for the Bears pass rush, but obviously a big game for the secondary too against against somebody like Devonta Adams. So those are kind of where I see the, the real concern there for the Bears, but then also places where they can try and find an edge. I don't know if that's going to be enough of an edge to actually beat Aaron Rodgers, given the state of the Bears right now and the state of the Packers. But if you could at least, I don't know, try and put a little damper on the we own you stuff. I mean, I don't know. It, it's going to be a tough matchup, but no matter what happens, we'll be right here for you five days a week, right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. Even when the team disappoints you, the podcast is here for you to help bring you back up a little bit and make sense of all of it. So I hope you're subscribed to Lockdown Bears wherever you listen to podcasts, especially the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel. Keep all, all the video podcasts. Appreciate all the likes and comments on there. It's going to be the best way to keep up with everything we're putting out. Plus, you know, we appreciate you being the first listen every single day right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. If you're looking for a second listen, you could check out Lockdown Packers if you want more about the Bears opponent. He just had ESPN Sarah Spain on yesterday. And it's a great conversation. I mean, Sarah's great. You heard her on this podcast this summer. She's a Bears fan. She she knows the Bears. And, and they're also talking about a, a little charity thing she's doing for, I believe, domestic violence victims in Chicago for, for Christmas thing. So definitely go check that one out and, and listen over there to not only get more about the Packers, but get a, a good cause there and a great Bears guest as well for that podcast. We'll be back for you on Monday to break down whatever happens on Sunday night. So I hope you'll tune back in. And I hope, win, lose, or draw, that the podcast makes it a little bit easier for you to bear down.